0: Taking you inside the games we love. This is Bill Roden on Sports. Hello, everybody. Welcome to uh, yet another edition of uh, Bill Roden on Sports. Um, and um, I have a really spectacular um, guest. Uh, well, well, a wonderful guest and uh, who does spectacular things. Uh, (laughs) uh, First, you know, we have uh, Jamal Murphy here, who's uh, uh, my friend, co-host, sports attorney guy, Jamal. Hello. And uh, Pat, uh, our producer, is sitting across from me. Pat. Hi, hello. There you go, right closer to the mic this time. Yes. You're the producer, man, you can't cheat yourself. I know, I know. (laughs) It's it's different when, when I hear my voice, you know, being on the mic is different than just recording. Yes. Right. And you, you know, like with playing time, you, you got to take advantage of this yeah, playing time. I, I don't do. give that many yeah. minutes. Yeah, yeah, right, right. <laughs> but um, but i really like to welcome my guest, uh, just a, a wonderful, uh, just a, a great person, first of all, great administrator, uh the president of the WNBA, uh, Laurel Ritchie. Laurel, welcome to Bill Roden and Sports.
1: Thanks for having me. I'm glad to be here.
0: Yeah, great. So you're... um in, in Minnesota you've been going back and forth between uh Minnesota and Indiana um checking out what I think thought has been just a, a, a great uh, NBA finals series what what's it what's it been like uh um what's what's the crowd been like what's the excitement been like it seems like it's really 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 uh uh exciting and crackling
1: yeah oh it's been fabulous you know i think we have um as we should at this point in the season to of our very best teams going head-to-head. Um, we have Tamika Catchings, Maya Moore, Lindsay Whalen, uh, Sylvia Fowles, Brian January, mm. Shanice Johnson. I mean, the depth right. of talent yes. on these teams, they, I, I think their will to win is incredible. You know, we saw... A uh, terrific um, shot from Maya Moore that won yeah. one game. We saw
0: that was a big time uh, shot.
1: That was just <laughs> crazy, right? And then we saw Tamika and um, the Indiana Fever. You know, they have been surviving elimination games all through the postseason. So it's been it's been spectacular. We've had great crowds. Um, I think our finals crowd uh, is going to be, uh, if not a sellout. Darn near close to it, filled to the rafters, and I, you know, the fans here in Minnesota are very passionate, very knowledgeable. So I think it's going to be, I think it's going to be a great game. Really looking forward to it.
0: Yeah. Hey, uh, Laura, what what um, uh, have been the highlights? This season for you as president, Um, you know every every season is is a new challenge and trying to build the brand and all that. We'll talk about that a little later. But just what's what's been um, what's been the highlight of of the season? Um, I think you and I talked early on. um, I think maybe day one because you know the big controversy there was Isaiah Thomas as president. So unfortunately, not unfortunately, but the first conversation you and I had was about that, you know. Uh, but, but as the season has gone on, what's what's been um, what would have been some of the highlights for you?
1: A couple things. Uh, first, you know, our off season is really when we focus on on the business side, and we had a terrific off season. Um, bringing on some new partners in Pepsi and Nike and Harman and Kaiser Permanente. So that for us was sort of the, um, from a league level, a really terrific. Um, off-season by our folks who work uh, on those efforts. Uh, When we ended the season, uh, 10 of our 12 teams had marquee partners, and those are relationships that are game-changing in terms Mm. of uh, their impact. So from a partnership standpoint, it it has been a good season. Um, the, The competition, I think, has been just amazing you know not just in the playoffs but throughout the season and we're at a really nice point in time 19 years in where we have veterans like um, Swin Cash and Tamika Catchings and Sue Bird who are still competing sort of the mid-generation of Maya Moore, uh, Lindsay Whalen, Sylvia Fowles who are sort of at a certain, a different point in the arc of their careers. And we saw some incredible performances from rookies. You know, I think Kia Stokes, Jewel mm-hmm. Lloyd. So I think the, the depth and breadth of the talent, a combination of veterans and um, those who are relatively new to the league, I just think made it um, a really interesting um, uh, season from a competition standpoint. Um, And I I feel, you know, we're still pulling in all of the year-end numbers, but I think um, it feels like we have had an uptick in interest um, from the media, uh, covering the game, covering the competition, covering our players. So I think when I look back at this season, those are the three things that stick out to me.
0: Mm. What about the, uh, I had a conversation with uh, the sports editor back um, during the World Cup, and it, it just occurred to me that um, I think sometimes with the media, you know, we just just ignore the WNBA. You know, what I'm saying, you know, you've got a professional franchise right down, you know, in the Liberty, right down the street. You can't you can't ignore them. <laughs> you know, you got to cover it. Uh, but then I thought, you know, as as a, as a sports columnist, you have to you have to do it. I mean, you have to. Not, not I'm not saying have to like it's, it's but you. In other words, uh, and I know that during the conference this summer, I had a panel, and I think you and I were maybe on the other side of the issue. But I thought that um, you know covering it was as much a a, um, a, a mission and a political an act of politics as much as just an enjoyment of covering some uh, a group of people very 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 competitive. But also, I thought that it was also it's a political statement, a political statement to cover it, to attend. Um, and I was wondering what you thought about that. I know that y- you discussed that during this um, during this uh, the conference in yeah, New York. Yeah. What, what do you think about that? I,
1: I don't think it's an either or. Mm-hmm. You know, I think that um, we at the WNBA are the longest running women's professional sports league in this country. We are the destination for the very best elite women's basketball players, I would argue, in the world. So first and foremost, we are a sports and entertainment vehicle of the highest level. But the fact that we are the longest running women's professional sports league, we are by definition, um, there, there is a social impact um, to what we do. So I think at our heart and at the center is this incredible um, competition um, but because of who plays and who competes, um, there's a ripple effect that I think has a very positive impact um, on society, leads society in many ways and changes society in many ways. So it, it, to me, it is not a question of either or, but rather both, but putting them in their proper place.
2: And it, it will be 20 years next year, correct?
1: We will be in our 20th season.
0: hmm now you you took over. Now you've got a marketing background. You took over in April 2011. Yeah. So you, so you come out of. I think uh, you were at uh, Ogilvy and and um, uh, Ogilvy and May there, and Mather. then
1: Girl Scouts of the USA. Mm-hmm. Right. And then
0: there was one more. Right. There was another big. Um, advertising company that you worked for uh, uh, in Chicago? When I,
1: for right out of college, I worked at Leo Burnett in Chicago. That's right, that's
0: right. I'm You've from Chicago. your homework. There you go. Yeah, I'm from <laughs> Chicago. In fact, I, I, that's another podcast. We're <laughs> about all the people we know. Because you went to Dar- Dartmouth. I did? Yeah, you went to Dartmouth, and um, got a lot of friends who went to Dartmouth, but that's another podcast. Okay, that's, we'll do another one. <laughs> 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 but, but my point, though, was that I, I guess... Uh, I, I, I guess that um, the idea of, of you taking that job and them hiring you was uh, because of your marketing background. I, I, don't, I, don't, I don't think you played in college, right? You don't think you played sports in college, but you you had a you have a marketing background. So, so I guess my question is, how? Um, what's the challenge? What's the challenge of marketing uh, the WNBA? Um, I, I think from what I said, each year has gotten better, and I think this year was a major step. But what's been the the challenges of marketing the WNBA?
1: You know, as a, as a marketer, the first thing you look at is, what's my product, mm-hmm. and do I have a good product? And I, from day one, I realized in the WNBA, we have a great product, and a great product in terms of um, the competition, and a great product in terms of the athletes who play the game. So... Starting at that point and and sort of from that position of strength, um, marketing is really about bringing more people to the game and having them sample the product you know i I have found in my five years that if we get someone to a game, nine times out of ten they're going to come back because they've had a really good experience. Yeah, they've right. enjoyed the game, the atmosphere is electric, yeah. it's different than any other sports mm-hmm. league, so You know, tried and true sampling to invite them and entice them to come to their first game uh, is an important piece. And then the other thing that is equally important is creating opportunities for fans and potential fans to get to know our players, Mm -hmm. um, to know who they are as athletes and who they are as people. Um, because I, my belief is people don't necessarily follow a league. You follow a team that you love. It's your home team. It's where you went to school. It's your alma mater, whatever, but you follow a team. But you really follow an individual. You like the way they play. You like what they stand for. You um, wish that you could play like them. You played mm-hmm. that position, whatever the right. reason. So having people... Um, Get to know our players and come closer to understanding what motivates them, what drives them, their philosophy on the game. You know, if you look at this finals right now, where mm-hmm. you've got um, Tamika Catchings up against Maya Moore. You know, equally accomplished mm-hmm. athletes, but totally different people mm-hmm. with interesting stories, and and I think that's part of what's making this finals so interesting in addition to the competition is following Tamika's story mm-hmm. you know she said that next year is going to be her last year and who knows whether she's going to come this close to a championship and Maya who just has this history of winning wherever she goes i think we're following those backstories as much as we're following uh, the minutes on the court
0: yeah and you know i got to tell you too um i had such a great um a great experience. Yeah, uh, you know, I've been, you know, obviously to WNBA games uh, from you know when Liberty started. Uh, this year, though, you know, and I guess you know, uh, the, you know, the Women's World Cup um, s- started setting things in motion. Well, before I kind of get into my own uh, anecdote, what did the W, uh, did, did the World Cup uh, give your league any type of boost? I mean, there was so much uh, positive buzz, so much positive excitement around that. Um, did that did that give um, the WNBA uh, a, a lift, do you think?
1: I think so. You know, it's not that I can point to, um, you know, our season pre-World Cup and our season post-World Cup. Mm-hmm. It's not something quite that tangible. But I think this entire summer has been um, incredible for women's sports. With the World Cup, um, with um, the... Serena and her pursuit of the calendar slam. Yeah. Um, I look at, you know, this is the first time in, in, in quite a while that our finals has gone five games. You know, and this is stuff you can't plan, you can't map it out, yeah. but you got to take advantage of um, the casual fan or the potential fan who's just watching a little bit more women's sports it's a great opportunity to to talk to them, to bring them in, and there. I think there are people in this country today, right now, who are just a little bit more receptive to what women can do and be as athletes than they were before our season started, before Serena went for the for the Calendar Slam and before uh, the World Cup um, and and the US, U.S. being victorious in that.
0: Right. Yeah. Um, you know, you know, uh, that, that's really a great point. One of the things I was saying um, when I went to the games this year, uh, from the very first one, you know, when there were protests for Isaiah and all that kind of stuff, and then as the season went on, it, it started being really about basketball. And it occurred to me, um, cause I, my, my my nephew coaches at Middlebury, and he he loves the WNBA. I mean, he, he loves it more than he likes the NBA. But it, it occurred to me when I was there, I think when you start comparing things, that's when you sort of get lost. If you're at a, at a uh, right. an NBA game and you're comparing it to college. Right. Or if you're, you know, where you look at things, you just look at people competing. And once I was looking at the, the level of competition is amazing. Mm-hmm. I mean, the mm-hmm. level of competition is absolutely Amazing, And we had Candace Wiggins uh, on the show a little earlier, uh, maybe a couple months ago. And she was also saying, which is interesting, that a lot of people, a lot of men particularly, are uncomfortable when they see strong, powerful, independent women really competing at a very high level. Um, You know, so there's a lot of stuff going on. But once you sort of allow yourself to get into competition... Uh, and by the way, I think the music is much better. <laughs> I do no I, I really I think the music is much better. The atmosphere is is lighter. Uh, I don't know I don't there's something different. I can't put my finger on it, but, but you know we're gonna go to the well, the two things when we go to the w when we go to the garden, and watch the Knicks, I was telling some of my friends listen man if you guys want to see some winning you better come now because <laughs> <laughs> it's over <laughs> but, but you don't have to comment about that you uh, uh-huh. <laughs> but but um, there's not really a question but just an observation that um uh, uh it, it's just the level the, it, it's just a a great atmosphere and and the, and 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 I, and I was just struck by just watching people really compete. And that's sort of what matters.
1: Mm-hmm. Well, I think competition knows no gender. Mm-hmm. You know, it, it's, it is, that's about the drive, the discipline, the preparation of the individual athlete, of the team, of the coaches. And I, I think that is why I so enjoy bringing people to their first WNBA game, um, whether they're excited to come or skeptics coming I, I, you know, to a person, they leave saying, I had no idea. Um, that was incredibly engaging, incredibly competitive. And I think our teams have done a wonderful job in creating an atmosphere that our fans... Really, really enjoy, and so I think you feed off of that as well at a WNBA game. As you you leave thinking that was money well spent, and mm-hmm. you had a right. good time, and you saw a good game, and that's to me, you know, at its simplest, that's what sports is all about.
0: And not as much money either. That's <laughs> right, that's the
2: right but thing. and I, you know, and I agree. Uh, you can't compare sports. We don't compare college basketball to the NBA. We enjoy it almost as a separate. Uh, entity. And, you know, when I went to a w- WNBA game, you know, I was watching, you know, great competition between two basketball teams, and you get caught up in that, and that's the key.
0: Mm.
1: Absolutely. You know, the way I think of it is um, we are different, but not less than.
0: Right, right, right. It's a great way of putting it. Um, let me ask you. Uh, you didn't go to Dartmouth just to, to, in the idea that I'm going to be the WNBA president, right? I mean, <laughs> what, what, what was sort of your, your is this? You know, when you talk to your parents, they they say, oh yeah, this we this, we knew this was going to be the route. But I mean, when you went to Dartmouth, what was the idea? What did you, what kind of plans did you have for yourself?
1: Well, I went there um, at the time. I was very interested uh, in foreign languages, and and Dartmouth had a terrific program. Um, in, in the study of foreign languages. So that's what attracted me, and also it's a beautiful, spectacular setting. Um, my major uh, was policy studies, you know, a classic liberal arts background, and I selected that believing that it was really the study of how people make decisions as individuals, as, you know, whether it's our, our government, whether it's corporations, but really studying how decisions get made. And I thought, whatever I do in my life, wherever I go, personally and professionally, um, I thought that would be a skill that would serve me well. Um, I, when I left Dartmouth, I interviewed at a whole host of different kinds of companies, and uh, I can still remember interviewing with the advertising people. And I just thought, you know, at that time, 40 seemed ancient to me, and I just thought, (laughs) the 40-year-olds who worked in advertising, they were interesting, they were aware of um, popular culture and trends, they were curious, they were um, energetic, they had a nice balance of business and creativity, so I, I literally chose that career based on the kind of person I wanted to be and the kind of you know my perception of the kind of life they led.
0: Hmm. So when did it make the you tw- So you're 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 working uh, at the ad agencies, and when when did it did you wake up one day and said, you know what, I think there's an opening for the WNBA and <laughs> I want to do that. I mean, how how did that happen?
1: So my career in in advertising, much of my work was um, products and services that were either marketed to women, marketed by women, or women were the sort of primary. Um, audience for it. So so while I worked on a host of different kinds of products and services, that was the common thread. Um, I was at the Girl Scouts of the USA. I was giving a talk in Seattle. Um, it was a fundraising event. I was the keynote speaker, and they had asked me to tell my leadership journey, my personal leadership journey. Uh, and unbeknownst to me, um, the women of Force 10 Hoops, the three women who own uh, the Seattle Storm team—they were in attendance. They were also being honored, uh, and they went online and found my bio and a couple of presentations that were on YouTube, and uh, sent them into New York and said, "You should interview her." So, and what I, I love that story because so often we hear um, about men helping other men, and I, you know, I, I love the way I came to the WNBA because it was these three women who didn't say a word to me, but saw an opportunity and a potential fit and sort of took it in their own hands to make the connection.
0: Hmm. That is a great story. Uh, what Over the summer, we were both at this conference. Um, th- what's it called?
1: Game changer. Um, game Changers. Game
0: changers. Mm-hmm. game changers. I should know it. I'd let a panel. Uh, <laughs> I guess that's another thing about getting over 52. <laughs> you forget is amazing. But, um, so uh, Adam 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 Silver made an interesting observation that he said that he thought uh, that the WNBA, I mean it, it, typically media, we took it out of context, but uh, he said he thought the WNBA would have been further along by now than when it started. And I was just wondering what was your reaction to, to that um, uh, to to, to Adam's, um, Adams statement?
1: So one thing I, a lot of people don't know about Adam is he was part of the team that wrote the original business plan for the WNBA. Hmm. So his knowledge um, and hopes and dreams for the WNBA um, were there from literally the inception of the league. So as I, I I had left the conference at that point in time because I was giving Elena Deladon the MVP award hmm. that evening. So I wasn't in the room when the comment was made. Hmm. Um, my take on it is... Um, that Adam, as our entire organization, is always um, pushing to do more, be more, um, achieve more. So I, I view his comments as a um, very honest and authentic look at not just where we are, but um, the potential that he sees in the league and where we're heading. So I, I thought it was a... Um, An honest assessment from somebody who has high expectations and big hopes and dreams. Mm
2: -hmm. Um, You know, coming from, as you do, a marketing background, I assume you have to be skilled at recognizing uh, obstacles to successfully marketing a particular product. Uh, What are or were the obstacles as far as the WNBA is concerned?
1: You know, I think this um it's one of the reasons i'm so excited about this past summer where i think there were so many terrific examples of women doing great things in sports and quite frankly beyond sports you know i look at the fact that we it, it, it is within the realm of possibility that our two leading political parties could each have a woman as their mm. presidential nominee i look mm. at misty copeland 75 years in the history of ABT becoming the first African-American principal dancer. So Mm. all around me, I see um, women, um, uh, African-Americans, achieving things that um, many for a long time didn't think, things they didn't think were possible. So I think in many ways, the country has sort of caught up to where the WMBA has always been. You know, I think in terms of the opportunities for women, um, I feel like we are having more authentic conversations about race. Uh, I look at the Supreme Court decision in support of gay marriage. Um, so I just feel like there are lots of um, uh, trends, events in popular culture that bode well for for the WNBA and for our future.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. Um, what I want to play a clip for you. I I, um, I had a conversation with Bill Laimbeer, uh, you know during you know during the playoffs. And we just had a discussion just about, because yeah, he's been in this for a long time. I mean, you know, he, he won the championships, in, uh, the WNBA championships in Detroit, I think three. And, uh, you know, he took the liberty to, um, you know, to the playoffs. And I was asking him, we were talking about the future, and one of the points he was making is that um, maybe unlike the unlike the, the guys in the WNBA uh, the women understand that not only do they have an obligation to play great basketball, but there is this mission. I keep going back to mission. I'm a mission mm-hmm. guy <laughs> but you know but there is a mission, a larger mission uh, about promoting this sport um, and he made and I asked him, I said, well well bill, um what does the mountaintop look like? And this is what he said, I want you to to listen to what he said and then uh, give me your uh, take on it.
3: I don't know where the mountaintop is at. It's—we're it's, never going to be like the guys. I mean, it's just not going to happen. Wow. I, I I think that the, the the spectacularness of the guys' play, just their physical attributes, lends itself to the the, the, the men, the men followers of, of sports, that they wish that they could do those things, and they can't. Right. <laughs> okay, they can't. Right. Um, But guys would say, well, I can do what the girls are doing. Well, they really can't. (laughs) No, but in their minds, it's nothing spectacular. There's no big, you know, it's not a, oh, my God, look what, it's, well, you know, yeah, they're playing basketball. Um, So I think that's kind of going to be the gap between being wowed by flying through the air and dunks and making 35 footers under pressure and things like that that the guys do all the time women aren't going to ever really get to that point because it's just not in their physical nature
0: what do you think of of, uh, Bill's um, take on on the mountaintop
1: well I love Bill Lambier. I have had the pleasure of getting to know him um, since I've been with the W and he's a great basketball mind and um, just a great personality so I think first I agree with him that um, many who watch and say um, I can do that when he said they actually can't, <laughs> I, we, you know, we we had. I think it was the mayor in Phoenix went to a practice session with the Mercury and didn't make it through the whole practice and left with a broken nose so so whenever there's this sense of of we can do it I've just had too many instances and I've talked to too many of the uh, practice players who are men who play you know who are with our players to know that that's just not true so I agree with him on that and I think you know for me it goes back to what I was saying earlier of um, we are different but not less than Mm -hmm. and we may not appeal to every single person who watches uh, men's college basketball or watches an NBA game, but I think that for those who do come to our games and do appreciate our game, um, we welcome them, and I think there are um, a heck of, lo- heck of a lot of people in this country who do appreciate our game. You know, I think I even take great heart, you know, I look at the the last two um NBA champions and if you listen to the way people talk about the Warriors and the Spurs Mm. and the way in which they won the language is about team focus on the fundamentals incredible athletes but there's sort of um A sense that they put the team above the individual and they're not looking for the individual performance they're celebrating the team performance and in the WNBA we do that you know 204 games every season so I I, I'm very comfortable with um, our game and our game being um, different but not less than and that allows me to appreciate the NBA Uh, And appreciate the WNBA, and not have to. Again, that's not a place where I feel like I have to make a choice. I enjoy men's and women's basketball the same way I enjoy men's and women's tennis.
0: Had had you ever given any thought, not you per se, but the league uh, in terms of you know having smaller arenas, let's say you know with a capacity like let's say eight thousand to ten thousand. You know how how, uh, in New Jersey they built a you know they built that soccer arena Mm -hmm. that's soccer specific is tailor-made to soccer. And I'm just wondering, in an ideal world, if, because uh, I, I guess there are I forget the number of teams, there's certain teams, most teams are connected to NBA teams, or a couple of teams that are not.
1: Half of our teams are affiliated and half of them are independent.
0: Yeah. So so is there, well two, two, two questions would there be any advantage, let's say, in an ideal world? On in, 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 in Bill Roden of sports, we always talk about the ideal world. <laughs> but in the ideal world, if, if you had, you know, like 16 or 20 uh, WNBA teams with a capacity of like 8,000 to 10,000, would the, is, that a, is that a good number? Is that a sweet spot? Would that be an ideal?
1: You know, one thing I, I have come to realize is every team is different and every market is different. So... You know we you know you've been at a couple of games at Madison Square Garden um, this season where um, we've rocked the house particularly mm-hmm. in in the postseason. Mm-hmm. Um, we've had incredible crowds um, all through the postseason in and particularly in the finals in in Indianapolis and in Minnesota. so I don't know that there is an exact um, right size. I think each market is different and each market and team is in a different stage in their development and evolution. Um, you know, this season uh, we announced um, that the Tulsa Shock was relocating to Dallas. They will start their uh, journey in Dallas in um, the arena at UT Arlington, which holds roughly 7,000. The great thing is there are multiple uh, facilities in the Dallas-Fort Worth market so that if they outgrow the, you know, exceed capacity there, there are places they can go. So that will be a chance for us to see what that team looks like. in that size arena uh... it was recently announced um, that uh... the washington mystics are in the process of building a new arena um, where mm-hmm. they will compete i believe it'll be our two thousand eighteen season so we're excited to see how that works out and here again if they exceed capacity there or they have big games in the postseason, or school days or camp days they'll have the ability to continue to play at verizon center so i think it's a very um the, the one thing i have learned in five years is um, there is no the notion of there one-size-fits-all mm-hmm. just doesn't exist so you just have to look at your market and look at the opportunity and and figure it out
2: what about the you know the actual season the w-n-b-a season obviously uh... it's in the summer it's short uh, compared to the regular basketball season or the traditional basketball season, which is too long, mm-hmm. correct <laughs> is that is that something that you know, as you know, I guess you would hope that the the popularity of the sport grows would, would is that something that you would want to you know get back to the traditional season or or is the summer where you want to be?
1: you know, I, I'm enjoying the fact that we compete in the summer. Um, I think that. Our fan base is extremely uh, diverse, and we, I can't speak for every sport, but I know versus um, the NBA, a larger portion of our fan base is youth, and I think that's about Mm -hmm. our game, it's about our price point, and it's about the fact that we uh, compete in the summer. Um, Many of the audiences and platforms that are important to us, there are events or holidays that make sense. So when we celebrate um, Pride, um, WNBA Pride, it happens that Pride Month is June. When we celebrate, you know, moms and women or dads and daughters, we've got Mother's Day and Father's Day. Uh, When we acknowledge military families and those who've served our country, we have the opportunity to do so around July 4th or Memorial Day. Um, So I, I, I think um, we think of um, summer um, that we're the league that provides summer hoops, and that's um, mm-hmm. you know I'm I'm I like the way in which our our game, our audiences, and some of our signature events seem to work well together. In the summer
0: months. Yeah, yeah, you know, it just it occurred to me too as you were speaking. I'm a summer. I I just realized a few years ago that I love summer. That my heaven is summer. You know, whatever. <laughs> if there is a heaven, my heaven would just be summer. Every just one day after the next. Right. But it occurred to me that's probably what I was trying to put my finger on because it's a sort of the atmosphere is a it's a it's a more of a leisurely, casual atmosphere, which is because it's. More summer, as opposed to you know, know, when you get the NBA, everybody's coming from you know, you know the 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 work, and it's 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 a much more intense thing. But maybe that's what it is. It's it's a it's a more casual, leisurely attitude, but the competition is just as fierce. Right.
1: Yeah, I think I I think there may be something to that. You know, we we do try to tap into the fun, the joy, the excitement of summer.
0: Yep. 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 I'm with you. Uh, I will not I will not bill you for that ad campaign. <laughs> <laughs> uh hey look before I let you go know you gotta to, um to, to head over to the stadium. But what, what is the uh, same question I asked um you know, I asked uh, Lambeer about the, the mountain top. Um, where is the mountaintop? And you know, I was thinking that you're in such a unique position um, that you're in an industry that's growing, and you could really make an impact. That um, there's so there's so the ceiling is just uh, limitless, really. When you look at uh, the number of young girls who are playing, they're getting better and better and bigger, and better and bigger and bigger and bigger. The talent level is just it's just uh, you know where the men I think have kind of hit a a ceiling level, I think that the sky is really the limit. So what does, in your view, what does the mountaintop look like for women's professional basketball in the United States?
1: Yeah, I'll answer that in a couple different ways. One is, um, our mission statement is to show the world what's possible, what women can be as athletes and what athletes can be as citizens. And, um, that goes back to some of your earlier lines of questioning about is it a game or is it a cause and i said it's actually both so uh, i i i so appreciate um and and get such great feedback from our fans about the impact that the wmba has on their lives and their lives the lives of their children and I think the young girls and young boys who come to WNBA games, you know, when they grow up and they're athletes or politicians or business people or parents or people in relationships with each other, I think that having seen women compete at the highest level and achieve what they've achieved in the WNBA, I think it literally broadens perspective about what's possible and what women can do. Um, And I also think that um, I am so very proud of 144 women in this league in terms of recognizing the role that they play as athletes and the number of both young girls and young boys, and quite frankly, older people my age, (laughs) who, who look up to them and admire and respect them. And so how they lead their lives and how they bridge... Um, their life as an athlete and their life as a citizen. I just, I am humbled by it, I'm impressed by it, and I am moved by it. Um, So I think that impact, um, I see it now, and I believe that is going to continue to grow, and I do believe that sports have, um, an ability and a responsibility to influence society, and that's something we at the WMBA take very, very seriously. Mm-hmm.
0: Let, let me ask you this before I um, let you go. Well, I keep saying that, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I was thinking, and this is sort of, you, you know, I, this is more—I I wouldn't say it's the dark side—but you know, we had the issue with, with Brittany Griner and um, her
2: um, G- girlfriend, Lori Johnson. Wife. Yeah,
0: and, and what I was thinking when it happened. And I think about this in a lot of different, not just the WNBA, but when you ask for media coverage, you know, uh, every, I mean, there's, you know, you have to take everything. You know, in other words, you have to take everything, not just the sweet spot and the, you know, life. is I mean, life is life. right? And these are real people with, with lives in and outside of basketball. And so when you invite people into the WNBA living room, just like the, when the NBA invites people, and in, you know, it's, it's ever, you know, or the NFL or anybody, it's like you're dealing with a lot of young people who are figuring out, you know, and that all is part of it. And I, I was thinking about that when I, I didn't necessarily write about that with grind, but um, you know, that that's just another part of it of the market. You have to when you open the door, when you open the door, you're opening the door, so you have to take everything, you know, the the good, the bad, and everything.
1: Absolutely, absolutely, and and. You know, I hope that people um, recognize how um, thoughtful and thorough we were in our investigation um, and appreciate um, the way in which we came to a decision about the stand that we as a league were going going to take and, and ultimately did take. But when I look at that particular incident, the thing that, that sticks with me the most is just the incredible growth in Brittany Griner, who mm-hmm. I, I've just spent more time with Brittany this season than Glory, because Brittany is, is competing. Um, but she um, acknowledged a mistake. She uh, welcomed help. She accepted the penalty. And... Um, and she's learned a lot in the process and that in and of itself would be enough but Brittany actually took it one step further and is speaking very openly about what she's learned Mm -hmm. what she regrets what she would do differently and the advice that she would give to others um hopefully before they find themselves in the situation that she found herself in so uh, (coughs) so it does open the door uh and once the door is opened um that's when you really find out what people are all about and i I couldn't be prouder of the way in which she handled what was a very unfortunate um event and incident and and the the growth that um, for her, her personal growth coming from it and her willingness to share that with people so that they could perhaps prevent um going down that same path
2: and yeah, and and those are issues that men in sports have been dealing with for ages and society has been has has dealt with that as well. I just wanted to ask you uh one last question also uh the Diana Taurasi scenario where she sit, she sat out uh the WNBA season in order to play overseas. And I was one I want to get your take on that and if if that's an issue for you or not.
1: Well, first and foremost, I you know Diana has been playing at a professional level for ten years uh, and 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 year round for ten years as an elite athlete. So, first and foremost, I have great respect uh, for that. Uh, second, um, for Diana and any of the women who compete in the WNBA, they are in charge of their lives and they're in charge of their careers, and they will make the decisions that they, you know, weighing all of the variables that they believe are in their best interest. So um, I support Diana um, and the decision that she made. Uh, I think what's been really terrific from a WNBA standpoint is our very first player of uh, the week this season was DeWanna Bonner uh, from Phoenix. And I think in some ways, Diana sitting out Created the opportunity for Dawana, who is a fabulous player and always has been, to sort of have to step up to have a little bit of of a moment um, that, you know, maybe that would have happened had Diana been playing. I don't know. But I think in that moment I realized the true depth and breadth of the league. You know, we've had players who've sat out for unfortunate injuries or for pregnancies. So there are a whole host of reasons why players uh, may miss part or all of a season. And um, I wish them speedy recoveries if it's injuries. I wish them well if it's other reasons. And I'm very, very grateful that the depth of talent in the league enables us to put um, a quality, um, an excellent product actually on the floor every time two teams come together.
0: Our guest, is, uh, our guest is the wonderful Laurel Ritchie, the president of the WNBA. Um, she's getting ready to dash off to watch a, uh, a great uh, finals match between uh, Minnesota and Indianapolis. Hey, Laurel, thank you uh, so much. This has really been uh, really been a great conversation, really, really enlightening. Uh, part one, I must tell you. This is part, part <laughs> well, my, one. But my pleasure. So I much.
1: enjoyed it. Thanks so much for having me. Okay. Thank you. You take care. All righty. Bye-bye.